I also greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the one who died for us and rose again. And as we were singing those songs, I had to think of that passage in Second Peter where uh, the Apostle Peter talks about how this uh, earth uh, will pass away and some of the things included in that. And then he kind of caps that off by saying, but we, referring to the believers in Jesus Christ, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And I've tried to imagine uh, how it would be to be in a place where uh, everything is right and nothing there to distract us from the one who died for us and rose again. And uh, times like this, we think of those. Now, we also become very aware that uh, we're not here to stay. This is not our home. Uh, Brother Glenn talked about our citizenship is in heaven. And so we thank the Lord for that. And uh, I'm not sure that we can quite imagine how it would be if what we have here before us this morning would be the end and there would be nothing beyond that and uh, see how does Apostle Paul state that he said that uh, so much that uh, if uh, you know Christ isn't risen then our faith is vain and in essence, he's saying that there's really nothing to look forward to. And I'm just amazed at how much uh, scripture is written that talks about our hope for something beyond. And it's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And uh, I, when I start talking about that, I feel like I falter for words to express the picture that God gives us in his word of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And of course, uh, there's some uh, memories that come to me here, especially here with Lena having passed on uh, I uh, think back of her first husband uh, and uh, the good times we had together and how that Mike uh, uh, interaction with him is what brought me to see that Jesus Christ died for me. I used to read the Bible as a history book and never thought about that what took place on the cross was for me. And the difference that life is, it's a, 
and the scripture talks about it. It's a difference between light and darkness. I mean, suddenly the word of God, uh, things that I had read and hadn't understood, all of a sudden took meaning. And so uh, I'd like to, uh, by the grace of God, be able to this morning here uh, give us something that would give us hope and to understand that it is for all people. Now, there's uh, two Old Testament passages that uh, I don't, uh, I'm, not ex I'm not planning to expound on those. The one is in, one, in Psalm 116, 15, where it says that precious in the sight of the Lord uh, is the death of his saints. But then the prophet Ezekiel makes this statement in Ezekiel 33:11. He's of course speaking to the children of Israel, but the application I believe is also for us. And he says, "Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? God is pleading with his people. There is something for you for eternity. And I'm going to uh, just give a few verses in 1 John, and then I'd like to turn to 1 Peter. In 1 John 2, 1 and 2, goes like this. He says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation or the go-between uh, for our sins. And he says, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And so if anyone misses it, it's not because nothing was provided for me. Because what Jesus Christ did on the cross was something for everyone and it was in God's plan as I want to point out even before he made the world. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 he starts out uh, in verse 3 he said blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a living hope. 
And it's something that is, uh, is affirmed throughout the scripture. We have here a book that we call the Bible, which is the word of God, which is the story of Jesus Christ from the beginning to the end. Uh, God has shown us his plan and how that uh, through the seed of Abraham there would be a uh, redeemer. And uh, then when he comes, he made that offering for us. And then later, uh, in the latter part of, of 1 Peter 1, he says, uh, I'm going to start in verse 13. He says, wherefore, uh, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, as obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lusts in our ignorance, and I'm putting it into my words here, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, there's a point that we are altogether unable. The only holiness that we have is what we receive from Jesus Christ or by what he has done through the Holy Spirit. Now he says, so if he call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, he says, pass the time of your sojourning or your, yeah, your journey here in fear. For as much as ye know ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or walk of life that you receive by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world uh, but was manifest in these last times for you or for us, who by him to believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that, <coughs> excuse me, our faith would be in God. <coughs> not in our, excuse me, not in our silver and gold, neither by our tradition. And I don't think he's saying anything here that, that there's anything wrong with silver and gold or with tradition from our fathers. But he's saying that is not our salvation. And so there are several things here I like to notice, especially in verse 17, first of all, that we have a God that is, has no respect of persons. I think he sees all of us 
on the same level. And he goes on then in verse 19 and says that uh, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. So I'd like to ask a question. What is it about the blood of Christ that makes it precious? It is the fact that there is nothing else that could have availed to atone for our sins. The Hebrew writer tells us all the blood of bulls and goats could never take away our sin. And so, now if we go back uh, a very familiar passage to most of us, I believe, in uh, Luke 22 and verse 20, where Jesus uh, there, I think, instituted what we call a communion service where he uh, passed the cup and broke the bread. And he says, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. And as I, 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 I struggle with a clear understanding what all that is about, but I think that uh, when, uh, uh, when Jesus shed his blood for us, he puts us, he puts all the believers of all ages in one level. He's no respecter of persons, and he sees us all from a righteous holy perspective which was only possible by the atonement that Jesus made with his blood. We have several passages uh, I think especially of in uh, Revelation 5 where we have the scene around the throne and they are honoring him saying all glory and praise and honor. Thou alone art worthy for thou hast redeemed us by thy own blood, which covered all for all ages. And all the animal sacrifices that, have, that were done uh, could not atone for our sin. I don't fully understand that, but there was something that... Uh, that God uh, uh, the best way I, I know how to say it is that the blood of animals could only kind of cover the sin and was a satisfaction for God until Jesus Christ came which I think was his purpose from the beginning that was we had uh, we have in verse 20 here that he was ordained before the foundation of the world or before the world was made. That was his plan. And uh, there is, uh, you know, I talked about 
we, according to his promise, look for these things in the future. And we know that God does not make a promise that he will not keep. Even though sometimes uh, people, uh, you know, think he, uh, he's waiting kind of long or something. But I believe that God has a time appointed, according to scripture, where he will bring everything together. And I think of the, the words of Jesus in John 10, where he was telling his disciples, he said, there, is, there are other sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them in also. And I think he was referring uh, to his disciples and had reference to bringing in the Gentiles also. And then he said, there's going to be one fold and one shepherd. And the shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said, he's going to look at us as one group of people, regardless of how different we are. Uh, the... Uh, the rich and the poor. He talks about all tribes and all nations are going to be brought together under one for a glorious time. And uh, I don't know how to find words to express what I believe the word of God teaches for that that he has uh, given to us for, uh, for uniting us together in one by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have then, um, and the more this comes together as you read the word of God again and again. And then you see something that you hadn't seen before. And this just adds up. The picture gets bigger and bigger, more glorious. And you say, how can it be that God did that for me? And uh, then he says, he brings uh, something together here in 1 Peter 1, and then in verse 20 and 21, he says, uh, let me just read the, la the 20, 21, down to 23. Uh, I'm not uh, seeing what I wanted here. Okay, it's in verse 21. I'm going to read verse 20 and 21. He says, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest or made known to us in these last times. Now, the story of Jesus and the redemption story uh, was not clearly revealed in ages past. And, uh, but he has made, made it known today by his spirit. And he says that 
those of us is manifest in these last times for, for us who by him do believe in God that he raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that for the purpose of that our faith and hope would be in God, not in our silver and gold, not in our tradition, but in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for us and rose again. And uh, I don't know uh, how we could find any better program or any better uh, working out in that God planned that for us so that it's not dependent on me of what I do or how I do it, but am I willing to give myself under the Lord Jesus Christ and honor him in whatever I do, whenever I do it. May God bless and may you, as, as I look at the next generation, and uh, if, if I could, if we could together somehow get a glimpse of the greatness of the plan of salvation that God is working out through Jesus Christ, his son. He has done everything that needs to be done. He doesn't really need our help. In fact, our, the, the, way, the things we try to do to help him I think just distracts from what he really wants us to, to focus on. If we could encourage one another to focus on what Jesus Christ has done for all people. It's not about me. It's not just me. But it's about the one who is going to rule and reign for eternity in righteousness and holiness. God bless you. by Mommy Lena because it was sung at her husband Omar's funeral in 1999. And so for me, as one of Omar's grandchildren, uh, this always brings back memories of him for me, and it's a privilege for me to leave it here today. Sweet fine by. There's a man that is
I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. It's good to be here this morning. Um, in many ways, I feel very honored and very humbled to be here, standing before you like this. Um, honored in that um, grandmom impacted my life in many ways, just like she did many of you. Um, and humbled that um, you have what Christ did in my life and that I can be here today um, because of what he did for me um, in my life. This morning is a special morning in many ways to many of us. Yes, it's hard in some ways, but it's rather special because each of us here had an opportunity to know Mommy and to be impacted by her in many ways. <clears throat> it's also special because this morning, as we grieve, we also know that there's hope and there's a mansion prepared for her. And even though her time here on earth has passed, she will forever be in heaven. And we can look forward to meeting with her someday. <clears throat> it's also, I also want to recognize and thank the many friends of mommy that came out this morning. And I hope no one's offended um, if I recognize Lena as mommy or mommy Lena this morning. Because that's who she was to many of us. And that's who I'm going to refer her um, as we speak about um, mommy today. We're going to call her mommy. John 14, 1-3 says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. This morning as I was preparing and came, or as I came in here, I had quite a few people stop me and say, hey, can you say this? Um, and it seemed like a lot of things. Can you say this about mommy this morning? So I hope it doesn't get too long talking about mommy um, or preaching from the word. I hope it doesn't get too long, but I am rather um, excited to be a part of this service because I know mommy made a big difference in many of our lives here this morning. And it's neat as we gather together, and as we talk about um, what the Lord has done in our lives and the legacy of mommy um, it's really neat to be gathered together with a group like this, um, with all mom, mommy's grandchildren I hear are here today, um, and I was told that I should make sure I recognize that. Most of the great-grandchildren are here. Um, that's pretty special, and I don't think there's too many people um, that will have as many grandchildren happy to come to the service like this this morning. When I heard about mommy's death, many memories came to my mind. I won't try to relate too many of them this morning, um, but one memory I'll relate because it reminded me of this day, and I'll read the story as I wrote it. I will never forget that day in January, 37 years ago, when I was awakened <clears throat> by the noise of my parents talking downstairs. I went to the bathroom and put my ears to the opening. We would often listen as children to mom and dad down there, and what they were saying that morning, I will never forget. I knew something was wrong in their <coughs> excuse me. I knew something was wrong in their tones. As I listened, I soon realized something was very wrong. Daughty Chris had died. I was, on <coughs> I was only 11 years old, but as I was only 11 years old, but he was my hero, the favorite person in my life. I had many dreams and hopes of things I still planned to do with him. My small world came crashing down. The next few years, a big hole was left in my life, and I grieved the loss of many. And I grieved that loss for many years. I had lost my grandfather, the man that was supposed to help me in my journey to become a man. 
this morning as we, some of us have some of those same feelings about mommy dying, um, might feel a little bit like that young 11-year-old. But I think in a lot of ways, grandmom's death this morning may be a little different in the fact that we were preparing. She lived to be 92 years old. Um, and we were preparing that. But in a lot of ways, I think it's also fair to say that we're going to um, miss her the same way that 11-year-old may have missed his grandfather. We commemorate her death this morning. It's okay for us to grieve her passing. Despite her desire to be in heaven this morning, I think it's okay for us to be together like this and grieve her passing. In fact, I believe it's good for us to follow the example of Jesus as he came to the tomb of his good friend Lazarus. What did he do? We know the story. He wept. He wept despite knowing he's going to be resurrected again. He did what I believe we can do this morning, and that is grieve the loss and pain of never seeing Mommy Lena again here on earth. I know there will be a big hole left in our family. Many of us here will feel the pain of her passing. When we think of her legacy, we will realize the hole she will leave will be real to many of us. But I do believe, like all legacies, there are things passed on for us to pass on to others. I believe her legacy will be bigger than the hole that we will have because of missing her. I read an interesting statement as I was preparing for the service this morning about legacy, and it said this, quote, Often when you think about legacy, it's something that is left behind after a person has passed. Legacy is not an entity, but an ongoing activity, and it is what you do between here and eternity. The lenses of legacy give you a view of your life from a generational perspective. The legacy you leave in this life, you lead and therefore... you lead, and therefore legacy is the residue of a life well lived. Your life matters as everything that you say and do is a deposit into your legacy. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about Mommy's legacy. And as I was thinking about Mommy the last um, couple days, especially, um, I thought about two things in particular that I think is a legacy that she passed on. I hope you don't mind me talking about that legacy this morning as I got here. Both legacies. Um, that I have had prepared for, someone came to me and said, can you say a little bit about this, Mommy? Can you say a little bit about this? The first legacy I have about Grandmom is she loved people. And like I said, someone told told me this morning, all her grandchildren are here this morning. Um, That's because she loved us. And that's because she um, cared about us. Um, And I think that's a legacy that Mommy gave to us that we need to pass on. That's why we're all here today. We all knew this about Mommy. She loved when we came. I I was reminded of this last week when I stopped by for a few minutes to see her. At least I thought it was going to be a few minutes, and ended up being an hour and a half. I left saying, that that was a lot of fun talking to Mommy. Uh, It was just me and Mommy. A lot of the things she said made sense. A few didn't, but we just had a good time talking. She found a way to connect and make me feel she really loved having me there. Her interaction with people weren't always perfect, but one thing you can't deny is she really did love people. Um, this is something we'll miss a lot, but I believe this is something she has passed on to me and many of us here. This is part of our legacy that we have give, been given by grandmom. Second part of her legacy, I believe, is much greater and more impacting than her love for people. Or should I say this? This was her greater love for people, and that was the legacy that she wanted to see each one of us in heaven with her someday. Lena told me this morning of the story. Um, soon after Mommy fell and came out of surgery, she asked Mommy, um, what do you want to ask Jesus when you get to heaven? 
And mommy said, I'm going to ask him that each one of my grandchildren are in heaven. Um, that's an incredible legacy, and that's one that we have been blessed to be a part of, um, one that we're privileged to be a part of, um, one that's impacted me. The legacy is huge and far-reaching. It transcends her life here on earth and becomes something much bigger and one that will impact many of us for generations to come. This, I believe, is the greatest legacy Mommy has given me and something I will treasure forever. Because Mommy blessed, because Mommy passed on her desire to have every one of her children know the Lord, I was blessed with the same opportunity to have that relationship with the Lord. And that's why I'm here this morning. That's why most of us are here this morning, um, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Her desire and conscious effort to make sure that all her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and friends know the Lord, this has and will have an incredible impact on our world and will continue to give her a lasting legacy. The question I ask myself and would like to ask each one of you this morning is, what are we doing to pass on her legacy to others and especially to our next generation? That's something I think we need to think about. You see, that didn't just happen. I believe she spent many hours praying for us. I also believe there were things she did and ways she lived her life, not always perfect, but calculated and with a purpose that made it possible for me to receive the benefits of her legacy. Are we going to be able to pass on her legacy, or will that legacy stop with me and my generation? As I think of her legacy, I grieve because of the hole it leaves in my life, but I don't need to grieve without hope. And just like Jesus in the story of Lazarus, even though he wept for his friend, when he died, he knew and was fully confident that Lazarus will be resurrected and he would see him again. In fact, he, he's the one who resurrected him, um, and yet he grieved. And I think it's okay for us to grieve this morning, um, the big hole that mommy's going to leave um, and not seeing her again until we get to heaven. I read the verses there in First Thessalonians. I'm going to read them again. Just good verses. Um, for us, I think, today and every day of our life. And verses go like this. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, but that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. I don't believe he's saying we don't sorrow, but we don't have to sorrow the way those, those sorrow who have no hope of the resurrection. Someday, spending eternity in heaven with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and with our loved ones, we who are part of God's family can have hope. I know mommy wanted us to talk about that this morning, and I want to spend some time this morning talking about hope. I think it's one of the greatest things um, we can talk about here at mommy's funeral this morning. It's the hope we have of being in heaven someday, the hope we have for, of eternal life. I don't want to give us a false hope, but I want us to be able to leave this service this morning with a living hope of the resurrection. I'm going to ask us three questions that I want to talk about this morning. The first question is, First question I want to look at is, what is that hope? And I want to talk about that. And then I want to, the second question we want to look at is, um, is the question I was asking as a young child and may still ask at times, um, why did mommy have to die? Why death? And then the third question I want to talk about this morning is, how do we get that hope? I hope by God's help I can clearly answer those three questions this morning. So first of all, what is hope? Um, What are we talking about when we're talking about that hope we can have if we know Christ? Our hope is an eternal life with Christ, knowing that there are many good things in store for us in heaven if we know Christ. And when mommy died, her soul immediately left this earth 
and went to heaven to be with our Lord. Uh, Isaiah 25, 8 and 10 say this, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away from our faces and the approach of his people, and he will take from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. Revelation 21, 4, For God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any pain, for the former things are passed away. Our hope is in eternal life. Our hope is in the opportunity we have to see grandmom again and live forever eternally. If we have a relationship with Christ, our spirit will immediately go to heaven when we die. Like Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, I am the resurrection of life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he will live. We know, Mommy, as soon as she died, her spirit went to meet with God, um, went to be with God. When our bodies go into the grave, they will wait for that resurrection when our bodies will join our spirit in heaven. I love the verses in 1 Thessalonians um, I read earlier, but I would not that ye be ignorant, brethren, coming concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that, ye, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall arise first. Then we shall... Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with him. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. When our bodies are resurrected with Christ, and we rapture, and we go up to heaven and meet Mommy Lena and many other loved ones in our lives, um, at that point we have the opportunity to eat that marriage supper of the Lamb and you can keep reading. There's all kinds of good things you can read about what's going to happen in heaven. And eventually it says we're going to come down with our loved ones and with Jesus and live here on earth. That's exciting, exciting words. Um, if you want to read more about that, 1 Corinthians 15 is full of those exciting words of when we'll resurrect um, and meet Mommy again someday. We can have that hope that Mommy Lena is in heaven and we can find that hope clearly in the Bible. I believe mommy's spirit is in heaven with Christ and her earthly body is waiting for that resurrection day where all of us who know Christ will rise and meet him in heaven. And if we want to know more <clears throat> about the marriage supper of the Lamb, just read the Bible. If you want to know more about heaven and what it's going to be like, there's many verses there that will tell us about that. This is a hope we all can have if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But before I talk more about how to get that hope, I'd like to remind us that we're still living here on the earth. And we have a casket before us. Mommy Lena died, and someday if we're not raptured, we're going to die the same way. Death is reality. It's something we're going to have to face. Um, but why? Why death? There's only one reason for death and suffering, and that's sin. Um, not because God doesn't love us, but because of our sins, we have death. When Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, God said they would die, and to this day, we all die physically and spiritually because of sin. Mommy made many mistakes. Many of us know that. And she was lost because of her sins. Despite her legacy and the many good things she did, she could never atone for her sins. By trying to do good deeds for us or trying to love us, we'll never, never atone for those sins. I like how it says in Psalm 49, None of them can by any means redeem his brother, 
nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is precious, and it ceases forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others. Um, Good News Translation says it this way. We can never redeem ourselves. We cannot pay God the price for our lives because the payment for human life is too great. What we could pay, what we could pay is never enough to keep us from the grave and, and to let us live forever. I think David was spot on there. Um, we cannot ever redeem ourselves from our, with our good works. Because of sin, we are lost and all of us deserve physical death and spiritual death. All of us, every one of us, because of our sins, deserve eternal life without God in hell. But there's a better story. Um, God gave us the redemption to live with him forever, and I want to talk about that in a bit. I want to make it clear, first of all, this morning, no one of us can do enough of good things to deserve eternal life. Not even 92 years of good works, like mommy... can give us enough of good things to get to heaven. Mommy, like me, when we look behind all those good works, there's many selfishness and sin that I think any one of us live close to anybody else. We know we have so many things about us that are selfish and sinful. And we can't ever, ever do enough of good things to make atonement for our, our problems and our sins. I know mommy tried very hard to do, do right. And in her many problems, it's not a slight against her. We just don't have enough of good within us to redeem us of all our bad. Brothers and sisters, we're all lost. Um, and that brings us to the last question. How do we find hope in death? I think the Bible gives us some very, very clear teaching on how to find that hope. Because Christ's death on the cross, he can take away the sting of death. I love the verses in 1 Corinthians. Many of us have heard these um, good verses for us to remember in a day like today. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is only found in Jesus Christ. Our sins are the reason for death and suffering. But Christ's redemption is the reason for eternal life. And we can all have that. We have that confidence that someday each one of us can meet mommy again in heaven if we accept Christ's redemption for us on the cross. But we need to believe and we need to accept Christ's redemption on the cross. This gift only comes if we accept and we receive him. Because of what Christ did for me on the cross, it gives me hope. I need this morning to continue on the legacy mommy gave me. And I want to say that for each one of you who know Christ. Because of the hope God gave you on the cross, you, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, children, friends, can continue the legacy that mommy gave you and impacted you um, on the cross. In conclusion, I'd like to say this. I am so thankful for Mommy's legacy and the one she passed on to me. I remember the time in my life when I wanted to give up. I wanted to reject Christ. 
I wanted to reject the gifts um, given to me through Jesus Christ. I believe, I keenly believe, at that time, mommy's prayers, um, the legacy that I think so many of us have been impacted by, um, brought us back and helped us see again that Christ's redemption can save me um, and that there's a life worth living beyond our own selfishness and that life is a life of Christ. Because of mommy's prayers and the prayers of my aunts and uncles, it seemed I couldn't give that gift away. And I know I still had choices to make, but I really believe my aunts and uncles, um, and I want to thank you today, your prayers, um, your impact, and the one mommy gave you and passed on to me um, is the difference um, in my life. I believe this part of her legacy was given to me and given to many, many of you here today. But this morning, we're burying mommy, and she will not be there praying for us. I guess she won't. I don't know how that works in heaven. But I want to say this. Um, any more, <clears throat> but her advice, um, I should say this, her prayers, I don't know if her prayers are going to be impacting us today. Maybe she'll be praying for us in heaven, but or her, but one thing we know, she won't be giving us advice anymore. Um, she won't be here to give us any of that. But her legacy will continue in us if we want it to, if we allow it. It will be our responsibility at this time to pass it on. Aunts and uncles, cousins, friends, grandchildren, if we want the next generation to have what we have, if we want the next generation to have what we have, we are the ones that will need to believe in the God of our grandmother, Mommy Lena. And we'll need to follow him and pass on that legacy to our children and our grandchildren. Let's don't stop Mommy's legacy with our generation, but pass it on for many generations to come. God bless each one of you as you follow God and the Savior, Jesus Christ, of our grandmother, Mommy Lena. I'm an in-law. I married into this family, so I don't have the privilege of some of the memories that, that you all do. But one thing that I do remember, having just come through the Christmas season, is that at our get-togethers, we would each family would get up and sing a song or something like that. You remember that? And um, some of you grandchildren took it quite seriously and did a good job. Um, some of the in-laws, not so much, right, Mike? <laughs> Um, so I think today is uh, we're, we just came through Christmas, and maybe we can just use this as our last uh, program for Mommy. Uh, so let's do let's do it well. You had uh, instructions last night to uh, raise the roof. I think we have good insurance coverage here, so feel free to do that. Um, so uh, grandchildren, great grandchildren, come on up, uh, and we are going to just get organized up here and uh, sing a few songs.
Some had their act together, but there was one family that was the worst, and that was Manuel and Rachel. <laughs> they never had their act together. It was always us. So we'll, we'll try our best. Oh, Lord, my God. Oh, Lord, my God.
I'm the oldest granddaughter, and so I was nominated to share um, some of our grandchildren memories of Mommy Lena. We loved Mommy Lena, as has already been shared, because we knew she loved us. She never left us in doubt. She talked to us. She shared with us. She noticed us. She communicated with us. She asked us about what was going on in our lives. We knew she loved us because she cared about what happened to us. She gave us lots of advice. You weren't always sure she was being bossy and controlling or if she was being caring. But, you know, the older I get, the more I realize Mommy genuinely was caring about us. Mommy was always on the go. The faster she worked, the faster she talked. She would tell stories and give advice and teach as she worked. You weren't in Mommy's way. She just pulled you right in, put you to work, and taught you all kinds of things in the process. I learned so much from Mommy Lena. Being the oldest granddaughter and living just over the fields from Mommy's house, I spent a lot of time at Mommy's. I remember as a little girl sitting at the island in her kitchen, and she would show me how to chew with my mouth closed how to wash my face so that my cheeks would go up in a smile and not down in a frown. Um, she taught me how to crochet, and we'd sit there crocheting, and she'd talk and advise. Um, Mary June talked about when Mommy would come to their house Saturday evenings um, for hot dogs and pork and beans. She'd get involved in some project after supper, and everybody would just be included, and she would talk and instruct as they worked. One of the most important things I learned from Mommy Lena, though, is it always pays to be kind. She showed us and she told us, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. She would say, don't wait for others to come talk to you. You go to them. Take notice of that shy one in the corner. And she modeled that. Um, Mommy Lena, Mommy Lena had a number of grandchildren and great-grandchildren with disabilities, and they were extra special to her. She was always especially um, emphatic to us about the importance of being kind to anyone with special needs. When our son Daniel was born with Down syndrome, I had no problem telling Mommy about it. I just knew she would embrace him, and she did, and love him just the way he was. And she, she did it the same way she did it with all of her other grandchildren, especially the ones with disabilities, John and Jay. Mommy, the other thing about Mommy, Mommy loved to give gifts. One of the memories we all have, children, grandchildren, of course, is Mommy's shuplot. Oh, you never left Mommy's house without getting to pick something from her shuplot. It had such wonderful treasures. Thanks to Toots, it was still full in the last years. Um, she never forgot. And then... She, she would also have, when I was younger, this sticky sesame seed candy in her pantry that you would get, um, or pretzels, or whatever snacks that she had on hand. I, you always left with more than what you came with. You know, even with 44 grandchildren at the Christmas get-togethers, she always had something for everyone. Um, I still use and those glasses and those plates that she gave us at Christmas time. And at our loud Christmas gatherings, when everyone was talking, you know, and nobody was listening, but we were all feeling good. She would clap her hands and everyone would get quiet and in the few minutes that she managed to have her attention, she'd tell us how glad she was for all of us and how she prayed for all of us. Even after there were loads of great-grandchildren, she'd sit on her chair and she'd give all the great-grandchildren a gift from the box that Toots had filled for her to pass out. Mommy Lena had an amazing ability to see the positive side of things. Through the death of two husbands, countless surgeries, um, 
and two years that she spent away from home as an administrator's wife at Sunnyside Rest Home. Mommy Lena was always able to be so um, strong and supportive. She saw the good in life and she saw the good in us. Oh, she gave us lots of advice, but she gave us lots of compliments too. I do think one of her greatest gifts was her grateful spirit. She rarely said thank you, thank you only once. I asked her nurses. When you did something for Mommy Lena, even the smallest of services, she would respond with, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and she'd say, everyone is so good to me. so good to me. have to say it in Her grateful spirit kept her from bitterness and meanness or jealousy. Her grateful spirit it was one of her greatest gifts. It's hard to be bitter and mean and jealous if you're a grateful person. But by far the greatest gift that Mommy Lena gave us wasn't that she talked to us, and this has been talked about before today, but she talked to God, especially about us. We knew she loved God. In the last years, Mommy would tell us that she couldn't wait to see Jesus. She wanted to see Jesus. She had no fear of death. That was such a gift to us. Mommy was confident of God's grace in her life. What a challenge and what a blessing it is to us as her grandchildren and great-grandchildren to hear mommy express no fear of death, just her desire to see Jesus. And I'm sure even now, she's enjoying her time with Jesus in a perfect body with never-ending energy. I can just see her. I know she's gonna enjoy heaven to the fullest. You know, mommy talked to us about God as long as she was able, she would pray for all 44 of us every day by name. We knew it was very important to her that we love God. She encouraged us that we would marry spouses that loved God. She'd remind us constantly that we needed to pray every day for the right spouse. After we got married, she embraced and loved our spouses just like she did us. Um, I just have to add this. Her extra prayers sort of paid off with me. I waited extra long to get married so she could pray extra long. <laughs> And then I married her best, her best friend's son. Um, John had referred to this in his message. Just as she told Toots a few weeks ago, um, when Toots asked her what she was going to tell Jesus, she was going to say, and John did say his part, oh, this is beautiful, as she will, because she's always noticing the beautiful. I want all my children and grandchildren to be here with me. I really believe her wish was going to be granted. The greatest of all her legacies is that her grandchildren all love the Lord. Um, mommy was a fix-it. She loved people, and she wanted to be things for right, right for everyone. Her advice and her bossing and her teaching all were her effort to make things right for us. However, you know, as she grew older, I think Mommy came to realize that she couldn't fix everything for us. And in the last years, one of her sayings was that she reminded us was the most important fix-it of all, and we have it on her um, thing, where she would say, give it to Jesus. And in her last years, I think she really did that. It's the best advice she could ever give us. I'm sure if we were talking to mommy now, she would tell us with complete confidence and more emphatically than ever, give it to Jesus. It will be worth it. It truly makes it all right. Um, doesn't take much to see. She's had an impact on us. We love to talk. We love to laugh. We are a loud bunch. She would try to quiet us down, but it was pretty much impossible. Yet we will continue the legacy Mommy Lena has left. I pray we can love God as she did and see the good in others, be grateful, 
bless others, and grant her her most important wish. Join her in heaven someday. Let's be faithful to the end. Good morning. Um, my name is Sammy. I'm Mummy Lena's grandson. Um, a couple years ago, my wife gave me this with the sole purpose to write down mummy stories. <laughs> so uh, as I was preparing today, I tried to narrow these down. It was, it was kind of difficult, but um, I decided to focus on what I like to call the sounds of mummy. Um, I brought a couple of our toys along, but they're not here today. The one that I was going to start with was that little cluck-clunk, cluck-clunk, cluck-clunk that went down the ladder really slowly. Um, and growing up, I remember fondly these sounds of mummy as mummy would fly up our driveway in her van with her dog's little bobblehead shaking yes the whole way, laying on the horn as loud as she could until someone came to the door. Uh, I'm pretty sure that all of Gap Hill knew when mummy was at mom's house, and that's exactly how she wanted it. Um, another message I remember often is on the answering machine, if mom didn't get there in time, she'd always say, Lena May, Lena May, call me now. And all the time she would say, no, Sammy, um, every day I pray that you find the right one. And so... Thanks to all mummy's prayers, I did find the right one. And almost five years ago, me and my wife, Bree, um, moved into mummy's basement with the sole intention of paying off our student loans. That decision turned off to be one of the best of our lives. And the gift of lifelong memories that mummy gave us is something that we will cherish forever. Um, for the first three and a half years of our marriage, we heard sounds like this. And uh, Ronnie and Jay probably know a lot of these sounds. Mummy's shuffling feet across the floor for Sparky's kind of tap, 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 as mommy would lean back and sling his toy as hard as she could and it would hit whatever furniture was in the room. Or she would always call to Sparky and say, come, 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 Sparky. Or, ya, yeah, Sparky, mommy to do blava. <laughs> or, Sparky, the make it. She would bang on her door and yell, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy as if something was wrong, and I would fly upstairs, and she would tell me, hey, Leona left, Leona left some sticky buns for you, or, or Mary Jane put a chocolate shoe fly pie in the fridge. <laughs> you can have a bite. Um, or she would just yell down the stairs, loft <laughs> uh, Or just to show us some pretty birds in her feeder. Um, we knew if it was squirrels or birds, because if it was squirrels, we would hear a shoo, 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 shoo and she would bang her cane on the glass. And if that didn't take care of the squirrels and they got really bad, we knew we were in for it downstairs because she would open the window and throw in water out the window at the squirrels and it would come down our air conditioning vent. <laughs> we had to buy three air conditioners in three years because <laughs> the water came right down the vent. Uh, but I remember every day coming home and she would say, Sammy, there's good eats there in the fridge. And every morning she would tell Brie. She would point her finger and she would wag it. Say, now Brie, tell your patients today to knit Hyla, whether they understood Dutch or not. Um, but <laughs> Rachel, do knit Hyla. One of my favorite times was one morning I kept hearing this shoo, 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 coming from her bedroom. And when I ran upstairs to see what in the world was going on, I found myself hysterically laughing and selfishly taking pictures of my 90-year-old mummy in her pajamas riding a stationary bike. She would do that every day, and another one of her exercises was she would go to the door frame 
and lean back and reach as high as she could and go up on her tippy toes. And then she would say, I know if there's a $100 bill up there that I could get it. So I'm going to pretend there is. And so since she loved staying active so much in the mornings, if I knew that she was having a good day, I would throw the newspaper farther down the, the sidewalk or down the street, and then she would have to go get it. But she even taught me to drive straight through the wine intercourse without slowing down. Because you know, she is Mummy Lena. She said, they'll always stop for you. I'm sure you all, <laughs> I'm sure you all heard her say, and this is mentioned too, wash your face up, never down. Make sure you sign the guest book before you leave. And to <laughs> pull your ears like this, because it helps your hearing. Um, <laughs> you never leave mummies without a full belly, she'll plot treasures, endless um, useful life advice, and the smell of poho oil and unkers, <laughs> or, or both. And if you're lucky, sometimes you have <laughs> sparky poop on your shoe. Just <laughs> ask Wayne's girls about that one. But Mummy's impact stretched far past Lancaster County. When we were just at Bree's house for Christmas, her, uh, her brother had a brand new desk, and on his little desk there was this tiny little lighthouse, and he said it's from Mummy that she marked for him a couple years ago. And just in South Florida, Chase's Sweet 16, the first thing he did with his brand new cart was he put a little black horse keychain on it because Mummy had given it to him a few years ago. And, uh, her great-grandson even hiked the Appalachian Trail the whole way from Georgia to Maine with the nickname Moose because Moose had given him something, or because Mummy had given him a little moose from her strip lot. Her love for people, and this came up a lot too, was one of her greatest attributes. Um, she was a rare find, especially nowadays, because she didn't spend her time watching TV, surfing the internet, or even listening to the radio. <laughs> Although she did have FM, but that was just for Daniel Jeremiah. It was these relationships that she lived for. When the phone rang, she couldn't get there fast enough to pick up and see who was on the other end. And it didn't matter who was pulling in her driveway, Sparky would jump up on the windowsill and she would come and just look out the window to see whoever was there. Um, she was completely content, shuckling on the back porch and just looking over the fields. And she called this her million dollar view. And she stated there's nothing I would change about this back porch. Uh, she often said that her greatest accomplishment is the fact that every one of us grandkids and every one of the grand grandkids love the Lord, all 200-something of us, and she had peace knowing that we all will be with her in heaven one day. But um, above all, my favorite noise was she would play harmonica almost every day, and it was often to the tune of Golden Slippers. Just last week, before we went back to Florida, she couldn't play the harmonica, but she hummed and sang some of the words to the song. And it's, it, goes, uh, it just says, um, oh, them golden slippers, oh, them golden slippers. Golden slippers I'm going to wear because they look so neat. Golden slippers, golden slippers, golden slippers I'm going to wear to walk the golden street. And uh, today and this week, I could just picture her playing her harmonica in heaven and wearing those golden slippers and just walking down the Golden Streets with Jesus. I'm going to um, read the obituary uh, along with a few other comments that I was given to read. <clears throat> Lena Esch Stalsu Spiler, 92, of Gordonville, went home to be with her Lord on Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018, at Fairmount Homes. Born in Gordonville, 
She was the daughter of the late Jacob and Rachel Smoker Esch. She was the wife of the late Chris Stolzfus, who died in 1979, and the late Omer Byler, who died in 1999. Lena was a homemaker and a member of the Weavertown Amish Mennonite Church. Surviving are six daughters, Rachel, married to Emmanuel Smoker of Gap, Lydia Ann, married to John D. Lapp of Leola, Anna Ruth, married to Leon Lapp of Gap, Rosemarie, married to Gideon Stolzfus of Honeybrook, Mary Jane, married to Jonathan Lance of Ackland. Lena May, married to Samuel Real of Gap. 44 grandchildren, 176 great-grandchildren, four great-great-grandchildren, a stepson, Jonas L. Byler, four stepdaughters, Mary Ellen Resch, Susie Ann Byler, Yomi L. Byler, Martha Fern Miller. 10 step-grandchildren, three step-great-grandchildren, four siblings, Samuel, married to Rebecca Esch. Anna Mary, married to Henry Lapp. Dan, married to Lena Esch. Barbara, married to John U. Lapp. Mommy Lena, as most of us know her, knew she was loved by her creator, and out of that love, she loved everyone she met. She had many things she enjoyed doing, but most of them revolved around people. She had the gift of making others feel special and uniquely loved. She enjoyed having people in her home for meals. She, always, she would always send them home with a small gift. Often it was her famous di dish rags or a cutting from her garden. She loved to crochet so that she could give her doilies to her granddaughters when they stopped by. The children in her life will always remember her ship lot where they would go back to her bedroom and pick a small toy when they came to visit her. She lived a life of giving back because she understood how much she had been given. Her greatest desire was that her children and descendants would all come to know Jesus and that she would spend eternity with them. We would often hear her express gratitude that every one of her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren all loved the Lord. We know, we know that her grateful spirit and her prayers will continue as we say with the psalmist, the lions are followed unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage, Psalm 16, 6. <clears throat> 